Here at Two Girls, One Mike, we encourage you to find ethically produced porn, and regular listeners know that it's a great time in the industry. Performers can set their own terms and interact with fans like you directly. So we're partnering with Cam4.com to bring you a special offer. Go to Cam4 coupon slash podcast and create your free account. And Cam4 is giving you 20 free tokens to get you started, which you could send a model to stand out, play games, or make requests. Is this gamifying porn? It's not not gamifying porn. I'm totally okay with this. So Cam4 has models who are game for almost anything. If you're into it, Cam4's got it on demand with tokens. Requests like wave to the camera. With a dildo. Suck on that same dildo while riding a stuffed unicorn. Teach my mother to use her iPhone. Answer, pray tell, what exactly is the air velocity of an unladen swallow? Read Ayn Rand. Burn Ayn Rand. Call people fascists for burning Ayn Rand. Find a recipe for homemade ravioli. Pretend to be my girlfriend from Canada when my roommate walks in. Touch yourself to the sounds of Yanni. Touch yourself to the sounds of Weird Al Yankovic. Wait, you don't already? Uh, uh, to enjoy some foreplay with the models before we finish you off, go to cam4coupons.com slash podcast. That's cam and the number four coupons.com slash podcast to create your free account today. This is Two Girls, One Mike. The show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast that when we tell you to fuck yourself, we want you to have a great time. I'm your co-host, Yvette Dontremont, and here is my lovely, talented, and did I mention delightful co-host, Alice Vaughn. Alice, go fuck yourself. Aw, you coward. <laughs> I want you to do it yourself. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, I don't think people tell each other to fuck themselves with love often enough. I think we look down on masturbation and we don't see it as a as a positive thing. I think if people did, they would never tell someone to go fuck themselves as an expression of anger or sadness. You know, and there's so many euphemisms that we have for masturbation because we're so ashamed of it. I mean, shaking hands with the milkman. Boxing the one-eyed champ, playing a little five-on-one, Jack and the Beanstalk, a little hand-to-gland combat. You know, Yvette? Hand-to-gland combat. I'm going to use that one. Scratching Yoda behind the ears. <laughs> that gets weirder if you have a dog named Yoda. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. And you know what? We have the perfect person on today to talk about not just euphemisms for masturbation, but every last question we ever had and that we never had, but now we, we need to come up with about masturbation. Let's introduce our guest. So the person we're going to be torturing with an endless <laughs> amount of uh, masturbation euphemisms is going to be Amy Weisfeld, a somatic sex educator and coach based in Portland. So a masturbation coach. How lucky am I? Well, we have questions about how lucky you are about this. First, Amy, thank you for hanging out with us. Give yourself a hand. It's, oh, my God. <laughs> this is going to... And so it begins. <laughs> I make no apologies. As you should not, because that was perfect. Look, <sighs> all I'm saying is even professional athletes need coaches. Everyone needs an Amy in their life, you know, to yell at them. Tell them we're doing something wrong and how to be better. Now I'm just picturing uh, that scene in The Wolf of Wall Street. How many times you're masturbating? Just a couple times a week. You need, those are rookie numbers. You need to crank that up to two, three times a day. <laughs> and I get it. That's not what you're doing. But of course, I feel like someone hears that and they go, hmm, this could be useful. <laughs> I love it all, but not the yelling from the sideline. <laughs> 
Come on. You can do it. Do you need some hydration? Get IV fluids in oh, here. Yes. He needs to go, go, go. Totally. Yes. Remember, you're doing the dude. They're paying for the sponsorship. <laughs> Take it for the team. Ooh. It's all about having a good time. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, Malcolm Gladwell says 10,000 hours of practice is what it takes to become an expert. So, you know what? I feel like I'm almost there with this. Perfect. Almost. Keep keep at it. Keep at it. Maybe by 38, I'll be there. <laughs> 36. So just a little bit more. I'll have the clitoris mastered. I've never timed how long it takes me to get off. Now this is something I'm going to do post-show. Maybe I'll do it for our Patreons. I'll, I'll do the math. <laughs> Take as much time as you can. How much time you've spent in your life or how much time it takes you in general? Well, I want to measure how much time up until now I've spent masturbating. Just a rough estimate. And then from there, extrapolate of how many hours, years I'll end up spending masturbating in my life. I want to know that figure. You want to know what the sad thing is? More than likely, no matter how much time you spend masturbating, you will spend much more time shitting. <laughs> Oh, not nearly as much fun. But we don't know our listeners' lives. Maybe shitting is very fun for them. (laughs) How good of a shit are you having? Do you have a squatty potty? I do, and they're fantastic. Non-sponsored, I highly recommend the squatty potty. It's all about relaxing the anal sphincters. There are a lot of things that are about relaxing that anal sphincter. (laughs) Man, we're going to get into patting so many Robertsons today. We're going to get into a lot today. So, you know, let's get back to the beginning of this. Tell us about the career trajectory. Where did you go from to get you to what sounds like a a wonderful job with so many bits of insight? Like I said, I am so lucky. And I loved listening to your one of your recent episodes where you were talking about toothbrushes and hairbrushes. And (laughs) oh, it took me back. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, man. And it's funny. I don't even remember how that sort of bubbling out of us. But before I know it, we're all sitting there going, yeah, these are things we masturbated with when we are a creepy level of young to talk about masturbation to an adult audience about, but indeed we all did it. Nobody talked to us about things, you know, we didn't have any way to sort of scratch that itch, you know, and I I think uh, girls in particular were kind of left in the dark and still are. Yeah, I would bet anything far more women than ever want to admit it or talk about it to their girlfriends until, you know, until Alice and I, the trailblazer, we're like, yeah, we're going to talk about the crazy shit we stuck in there when her hormones started happening. We're going to be like Sacagawea and just paddle that pink canoe. (laughs) (laughs) You have a list of these that you're determined to get through, aren't you? And as you should be. There's only about 500 of them on this list. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be a long podcast. We're, we're doing this all. Oh. Fortunately, it's fun. <laughs> it's highly masturbatory, which is the point. <laughs> we are someone's ASMR, so someone does masturbate to us. Someone is sitting at home listening to our voices crinkling against the microphone, thinking about how great this is going to be for when they rub their balls against a cheese grater. Oh, baby. Sorry. So <laughs> that went to weird territory. So, Amy, we were discussing how did you get here? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, the short version of that story is I was kind of stuck. I was happily married, monogamous. I was a mom, a wife, a mother, a sister, a politician, uh, an entrepreneur. I was a lot of things, a good friend. How many of those things are still are past tense? Because you keep saying was. I feel like you're probably still a mom. Yeah, a lot of those things are present tense. But what I wasn't was really a sexual person. I had basically cut off my sexuality almost as if you would cut off your arm. 
right? And then one day through a myriad of different things, I woke up and I was like, what is this thing attached to my shoulder? You know, what does it do? And that happened in part because my kids were getting older and it happened in part because of a, a death of somebody close to me. And I started, you know, wondering what I wanted out of my life. And it happened in part because some guy made a pass at me. And all of a sudden I was like, holy shit, like I feel more alive than I felt in 30 years. So, wow. you know, a lot of things happened all at the same time, but basically it sort of pushed me into going to a Betty Dodson workshop in New York City. And uh, wow. Betty, you guys, I'm sure know, is sort of the mother or grandmother of masturbation, 90 years old right now. And still kicking, still kicking, still doing yoga, still using the magic oh wand, God. still leading workshops, like just freaking amazing. I already have had one hip surgery at 90. I'm just going to hope that like the tiniest little bullet vibrator won't shake a hip out of the socket <laughs> if I'm still alive. So good for her. I know. I know. And wow. I, I, I like, I literally got on an airplane from Portland, Oregon and flew to New York city by myself the whole time saying like, what the fuck am I doing? This is crazy. What am I doing? I'm just this middle-aged mom. Like, what am I searching for? Some Meg Ryan, holy grail of orgasms, you know, like from when Harry met Sally, that's what I was searching for. As you should. Did you go to Cat's Delicatessen for that one? (laughs) Next time I'm there. Did you get what she was having? Fuck yeah. Ah, that's what we want to hear. Really quick tangent. So recently to celebrate, um, I think it was maybe the 20th or 30th or however long that movie's been out, uh, anniversary of When Harry Met Sally. Unfortunately, and I miss this, and I'm kicking myself for just not traveling to do this. During their lunch hour, they had a fake orgasm contest. Wow, that would have been amazing. Here's the thing. Everyone knows what one of your real orgasms looks like now, Alice, from you hopping on the fucking motor bunny. So people could be like, no, let's go to the tape. Let's go to the tape. We know what's happening here. Oh, no. we, this is where this is where she went. Oh, that's acting. Like, oh. but I, I have faith in your acting ability. Do you really think most people can tell? No, because Ooh. and here's why I think people can't tell. Uh, number one, because I've met every man on the planet. Uh, so <laughs> no, I haven't met all of them. But you know, the ones I've met, they all think that no woman's faked it for them. And I'm sorry, but. A lot more of us have than want to admit it. Yeah, I've definitely faked it for a handful of partners. Yeah, sometimes you're like, look, like it's been a half hour of everything feeling great. I just don't think I'm getting there. And you could have a fucking team of Clydesdales pulling the rope on this and it's not going to get the bell rung. You know, sometimes it's not faking it to try to get it. It's just, you know, you're not getting anywhere and you don't want the guy to feel bad. Yeah, that's the thing that happens. Sorry, men. That's how I know that you can't tell if we're faking. So you were on this plane on the on your way to New York, and then what happened? I just the entire time I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but there was something pulling me, something that felt like there's something here, there's something there for me. And then the same thing happened. Like I got to New York, I spent the night, the next morning I'm walking to her apartment, and I'm still going like, what the hell am I doing? You know? And nice. uh, walk in the door. You're you get naked as soon as you walk in the door. These are workshops that I lead now it became a calling. It was like, I have nice. to do this. Alice is like, so where do I go? Right, right. I heard it's in New York, so. <laughs> not far, not far. So yeah, you walk in the door, you get naked, and then you walk into the room and, and meet Betty and all of the other women who will be in the circle with you. And the reason you get naked is really because it's a metaphor for a shedding of inhibitions and the things that separate us from each other. And it's a coming together in sisterhood with other Vulva owners. And it's amazing. 
when I walked out of that place, mm-hmm. I wanted to shake women I saw on the street and be like, do you know, do you, are you awake? <laughs> are you living? Do you know what's possible? Like, do you know how good your clitoris is and how many nerve endings there are and how big it is? There are so many ways you can touch it. You're not tripping enough. <laughs> it's like the secret, but it actually works. <laughs> Take that Marianne Williamson. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, in addition to the, just the anatomical pieces, you really have to prioritize pleasure. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And you have to get out of your head and into your body. You know, that's kind of the story. And that's what I help people do. Yeah. And that's something that I feel that a lot of people, you know, across genders have an issue with sometimes, which is, you know, getting out of their head. I can't tell you how many times I've been with, you know, either myself and my own thoughts, you know, not being able to get there because I'm thinking about too much going on throughout the day, or it's now taking me too long. I've been with partners where, they can't finish because or they're wrapped up uh, it's taking too long and now they're thinking about it's taking too long so they definitely can't finish yeah well i mean think about it this is part of the reason why people uh, imbibe uh pot and alcohol mm-hmm. and it helps with the process because it gets them out of their head yeah until the whiskey dick kicks in yeah <laughs> i have yet to hear of a case of pot dick Yet to hear of, though, so I don't, I don't know everyone's dick. Well, and then there's also concepts of shame and, you know, we think we should yeah. be masturbating a certain way. So first off, so before we start really digging in, from what I'm aware of, so unlike being a sex therapist, a licensed therapist who specializes in sex, there's currently not any specific universal requirements of being a sex or masturbation coach. You know, is that true? Because I've heard that California is the only state that legally recognizes the profession. Hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I actually went to Canada for my training through the Institute for the Study of Somatic Sexuality. And uh, it was a phenomenal program. But one of my big beefs is that the ASECT, which is the American Association of, um, what is it? Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Yeah. So, you know, they're sort of the body that governs sex therapists in the United States. And naturally, I guess, they don't recognize body workers like myself because there's no touching allowed in their professions. Mm -hmm. What I would like to see happen is for body workers like myself to become allies with the therapists and counselors and, you know, folks at ASECT. I think that would be in the best interest of all of our professions and certainly in the best interest of all the people out there who need help. Sorry to be preachy. You have something you're passionate about. So that's, I mean, you said body workers. I think a lot of people in our audience might not be familiar with the term. How, what separates someone who does body work uh, or is a, as you phrase it, body worker from uh, someone outside of that realm within your profession? Yeah. So I'm a somatic sex educator and also a certified sexological body worker, which means that I touch people with their consent and for the purpose of education. It's governed by an ethical pledge that I've made through my association. And that pledge is one big piece of it is with the person's consent and for educational purposes only, but also that it's one way touch. And there are no uh, sexual relations between me and any of my clients you know, past or present. So a lot is done to just sort of make sure that there are ethical boundaries and that people feel safe. It's really all about empowering people with voice and choice. 
Well, that makes sense, especially if yeah. you're teaching someone something like it, when a gynecologist is or your general practitioner is teaching you how to feel for lumps around your breasts. They're not feeling around there for any sexual purposes. They're doing it to educate, to teach. I would assume that it's very similar when you're teaching someone about their body, about helping them find healthy ways for them to stimulate themselves. For sure. But think about the last time you went to the doctor, Alice, did that person or any healthcare professional, did they say to you, is it okay if I touch your body here right now? Or this is what's going to be happening. Are you ready for this? I mean, there's a lot of, okay, great. Then you're seeing great people because there are a lot of people who don't do that. And it can be somewhat traumatizing for folks. Oh, wow. Maybe it's just that my doctors know I'm a scientist when I go in and they don't pull any punches on it. But I tend to have doctors who, who are careful about asking, you know, this is about to be applied here, you know, all that type of stuff first. Awesome. Back to some of the perhaps more fun stuff. And that is when you were talking about men and performance anxiety, I think that's really important. Like there are men who fake it too, right? And there are men who just get totally freaked out about what is it they're supposed to be doing? What's the culture telling them about their maleness, about their machismo? What's the patriarchy telling them sex should or shouldn't be like, or masculinity should or shouldn't be like, right? And then people get caught up in their heads. It is much harder for a guy to fake it though. So how can a guy fake it? I think guys fake it by pretending to be really into it. I think they fake it by saying that they've come when they haven't come. If it's dark, right? And you're not paying attention and the woman's kind of done as well. If he's wearing a condom, you can't always, uh, what are you going to do? Check the condom to see if there's a load in it? If you're a detective, I guess. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying I'm Nancy Drew in the bedroom. (laughs) I don't think I've ever checked a condom to see if the load stayed in it. I don't know how to answer this question, I guess, so. Maybe some of your listeners can weigh in on this at some point. If you have ever suspected that a man has faked an orgasm on you, email us, info at twogirlsonemike.com. Email us if you've ever, I guess, post-sex checked someone's condom. Yeah, that's a... For the size of the load, specifically measuring that. (laughs) There has to be someone out there who's done it for some reason or other, and I, the reason is what I want to know why. (laughs) Same reason as women, I suspect, just getting tired, you know? But yeah, it'd be good to hear. So I'm sure that, you know, inability to orgasm is one reason. And I would also assume that erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation are also reasons people would see you for some masturbation coaching. Totally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us get, there's a couple of things that happen. One is we just get stuck in patterns, right? We masturbate the same way every time because we know that works. And a lot of times we're just, we're just having a wake. We're just trying to get off. We're just trying to release energy, right? As opposed to really dating ourselves, really like having a hot, sexy date with ourselves and our own energy and our own bodies and feeling worthy of spending a lot of time. Like when's the last time you actually like got dressed for yourself, ate special food for yourself, took a nice long bath, I can answer that. Last night I was having a bad night. So I went to a diner and drank diner wine and ate mozzarella sticks. Wait, that doesn't count, right? <laughs> Close. I had a salad from McDonald's that I felt pretty good about yesterday. And and that's all I got, though. <laughs> you know, you got to take the self-care where you can get it. I did stop by a bodega today that I fa- I found a good bodega in LA, like one that one that has individually wrapped fruit roll ups. And by individually wrapped, I mean they just busted open a box. They're like, here, are twenty five cents a piece, and I'm like, I am twelve, so this is my new favorite bodega. <laughs> so yeah, that was my self care for today. I will have that while having a bubble bath and then masturbating. <laughs> fruit roll ups, bubble baths, and masturbation. That's a day. Turn on the music, move it, groove it. Oh yeah, have a good time. Turn on some Weird Al Yankovic. 
Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, I do need me some Weird Al while I masturbate. Who doesn't? Killer Tofu. And Dream of Danny DeVito. Mm, that is a day. <laughs> That is a day. You know, we all have these different erotic blueprints. It just, it makes the world go round, you know? It's true. So what are some of the issues you see with women? I know that there's definitely women who have never experienced an orgasm. Yeah, for sure. I've had sex with one and it made me feel very defeated. (laughs) It took me until a late age to experience one. That's almost, I naturally want to say it feels shameful to admit, but why do I feel shame? Exactly. This is why I do the work that I do, because I literally thought that I was inorgasmic. I thought that I was not having orgasms. I thought that I was peaking. That's what I called it, peaking. And you know what? It's a super common thing. And those peaks were orgasms. They just weren't the huge Meg Ryan movie orgasms Mm. that I thought they were. And I needed to learn how to get there. You know, there are plenty of women, though, who are inorgasmic. There are plenty of women who just also don't allow themselves to feel as much pleasure as they can or as we can. So for women who think that they're just peaking, can you go into that a little bit more? Is there a difference between peaking and orgasming? Let's walk through that a bit. (laughs) Well, for me, what happens when I peak, which is a small orgasm, but basically it's like I'm going up, 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 up to this precipice. And then instead of having a big release and kind of shattering, right, and exploding, Mm. I just sort of fall off the cliff and just kind of go and like literally land on a another piece of ground five feet down, like, ugh, ugh, I just had the wind knocked out of me. (laughs) Is it like the orgasm equivalent of a sneeze that didn't quite happen? Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Okay, I've definitely had those experiences where it's like, well, it got rid of the pressure, (laughs) but but something didn't happen that I wanted there, and I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to go back and do this again later. So you were motivated to go back and I wasn't so motivated. I was like, "Eh, maybe it's not there for me. Maybe it's not in the cards. Maybe this is something I can't do. Right. And I got busy doing other things. I'll go back and watch weirder porn. (laughs) My solution is I'm like, well, I guess it's time to bust out the hentai. (laughs) Now, you mentioned that there are also women who are inorgasmic. What percentage of the population is inorgasmic? That's a great question, Alice. I don't know the answer to that. We have to go to your fact checkers to find that out. But it's a small, like actually anatomically inorgasmic. It's a very small number. Interesting. So scientists write to us. What we want is we want you to masturbate for science. (laughs) We want you at home to go try masturbating. Get your friends to try it. Tell people. We just, we want, we need you to masturbate and tell us. Hell yes. I want more masturbation circles, people. Come on, let's have a group wank. I feel like that should be the name of this episode is let's have a group wank. (laughs) Instead of a threesome, it's a group wank today. I like this. Super safe. You can't get any cleaner sex than that. Look, masturbation, it's always sex with someone you love. It's completely free of STDs. This is, I, I see, I see all things go with masturbation. I have never gotten done masturbating and been like, I feel worse about myself. Yvette, you got to get a hold of yourself. Literally. (laughs) I will grab myself by the pussy. Thank you very much. Before we, uh, you know, dive into a few more questions with you, Amy, Yvette and I were throwing a couple toys, actually, because sometimes we wake up and go to our mailbox and we have dildos. Yay. There's a pile of dicks. That's fun. What'd you get? What'd you get in the mail? 
So there's this company called Plus One, and I don't know if you've seen them before. They advertise, I think, at like Target and Walmart. They're pretty affordable toys. So, yeah. and I mean, we these came to us for free. They were not. Uh, we're not being paid to advertise these. We're just we're reviewing because they showed up in the mail. I mean, I think everybody would talk about something if they woke up one day and got free dicks in the mail. You send me a dick, I will talk about it on my pod. Let me rephrase this. You send me a if I. Uh, well, if you send me any form of dick, I'll talk about it. I'm just not saying it's going to be good for you. <laughs> there was a time we had to call the FBI. There was. <sighs> but <sighs> Don't send us pictures. Send us vibrators in the package from the manufacturer. Moving on. So, yeah, we got these toys from Plus One. And I would say our reviews on them are mixed because they had it. They sent us like four different models. Yeah. So they sent us like a vibrator. They sent us this thing that I thought initially was... Um, a cock ring with uh, an attachment that vibrated, but it wasn't. It, it was more. How to- did you use it? So we used it. Okay, so the cock ring part we would put around the balls, and then the other part we would have to vibrate because there there's like a bristle section to vibrate against the clitoris. Mm-hmm. We definitely used it as a cock ring, and I liked it. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. My partner thought initially it was a butt plug, so it wasn't. <laughs> You know, if it worked for someone's butt, cool. It's Did you like it for the purpose you tried it out for? It was not bad. It was not bad at all. Would try again just because it was uh, definitely different. You're going to have to send me a diagram on how that worked as a butt plug. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I, I was surprised because we I'd had a toy kind of like that that cost a lot more. And it wasn't like a strap-on toy, but it was a tiny little one that's supposed to, you know, not disrupt the flow of other things and still hit the clitoris. And it just... It was overpriced and connected to an app and didn't work. Like it was this for the money was a better ride for both of us. Like my husband liked it, too. I was like, oh, not not bad. Little affordable toy. What did you think of the others? So there was I liked the one that was like this ball thing that looks kind of. Oh, my God. That was great. Right. That I think that's my favorite of the pack of them. That was pretty good. I didn't, So there was basically so Amy to describe it kind of looked like. Almost like a dog toy. <laughs> Not wrong. Okay, so it had like a top that was rounded with a thin neck, and then it- it's like a baseball bat, only tiny, uh, and with a bigger proportion of the bottom, the handle of the bat than the bat yeah, itself. Yeah, but it had sort of like a neck to it because it allowed it for some movability and flexibility yeah. around the clitoris, as opposed to being stiff and rigid, which is what I really liked. It provided for more natural sensation. Um, but one that I just didn't get was, I mean, Amy, maybe you could help me out with this. How do you use a bullet? I personally used it in the butt. Yeah, I mean, there's so many sex toys out there and so many of them are super expensive. I totally agree with you. And like, when you invest in these things, what if they don't work for you, right? Like you can't take these things back to the store. So, I mean, I have a a closet full of sex toys that like, I mean, just, we need to have like, you know, like those naked lady parties where people recycle their clothes. Oh my God. If you could like, you know, just (laughs) wash your sex toys and have like a naked lady sex toy party, wouldn't that be great? Like I'm sure so many people have these. Into the bleach pit with everything. (laughs) I know. If I wasn't afraid of, you know, yeah, no, bacteria-wise, yeah, I'm going to say a hard no on that one, but... I know, but don't you wish you could? Like, I know. Stainless steel toys, those are great because you can boil those, right? True. But in answer to your question of bullet vibe, like, people like different levels of intensity and people like to hold the vibes in different ways and in different places. So yeah. a bullet vibe is just for somebody who, you know, kind of wants a tiny little dainty little vibe, like a lipstick vibe, you know? 
I was surprised this one had a pretty intense vibration, but like it wasn't uh, like there are some bullets that I've had that have been like softer on the edges. This one was the rest of the toys that we got from this company were better padded. Uh, this one, not that much padding, but not a bad little put it just I don't mean all the way up. The, here's the here's the one thing with a butt toy that it does not have an end to it, so to speak. You need to hold on to that thing because it'll travel. I didn't find that out from experience. I knew this before I went in, but don't shove it there and just leave it and think, oh, this will just keep stimulating. No, gotta if you put that in. You keep a hand there. But yeah, it was not bad for that purpose. That's something I will give it a good review for. But either way, the plus one toys, they were uh, they're not that expensive. And some of them not that bad. We I did not try out the one that was like it has like one handle to hit your clitoris and one to insert. That's the only one I didn't really try out. Um, I tried it out. I wasn't too impressed. Yeah. I feel like they're overbuilt. I have to say, though, for a lot of them ranged between, I want to say, like the nine to fifteen dollar range. So, yeah. and they were waterproof and rechargeable. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I was shocked looking at them. How like I, I'm like, where does the plug go? And that's what she said. Uh, and they're really sleekly designed. Yeah, for the money for this, uh, definitely worth it. So, like I said, not sponsored. Showed up in our mailbox. Uh, definitely, uh, they handful of them get our seal of approval. Now, speaking of a potentially uh, well for a sponsor of the show, which our listeners absolutely know of this company, Clona Willie came out with a Clona Pussy Kit. Woohoo, Portland. Oregon. Yeah. Amy, this might be asking a little bit much for our first date, but do you want to see my vagina? Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so uh, I only posted a picture of, I need to, I need to clean this thing off. Uh, but yeah, I cloned my vagina last night into today and what an It's I, my left labia is longer than the right one. Uh, but yeah, clone of Willie. It's just a, waving. It's <laughs> It's peeking out further, but yeah, they make a really cute little kit in which you can take your vagina and turn it into a fleshlight. And it comes with like the sleeve and the everything. And it's, look, it is arts and crafts plus fucking. I see no downside to it. <laughs> but we cloned my husband's uh, penis and did, you know, the, you can take a vibrator and put it into the clone. So my plan with this is because I, because I like the butt sex, I'm just saying but I don't like the butt sex with the penis going from one hole to the other because I'm sorry. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much I'm cleaned out my butt. I think there are sanitation issues. This is a great option to be able to utilize both holes the, the same day without causing an infection. So here's my question. Have you, okay, because you have cloned your husband's member, have you taken his clone and put it in yours? Not yet. So I think the best way that my Why plan- Why not? I, I just, it just came out. Look, my vagina finished baking today, all right? It's very new. It needs, it needs some time. I need to, need, to, need, to, need to make sure my little girl's okay. Anyways, but my plan for storage is to store his, uh, the dildo of his penis in the flashlight of my vagina. Just, you know, so they can all, so we can be fucking forever. You're together forever. That's yeah. so beautiful. And I figure if we ever get divorced, we can keep the parts of each other that doesn't talk. <laughs> Kona Willie needs to start sponsoring divorces. Oh my God. I love the playfulness here. I mean, it's really important that people have fun, that it's that you do, you have a good yeah. time when you're playing with yourself or with somebody else, right? I've said this before on this podcast and to whoever will listen to me fucking never shut up. I had sex with my husband the night before our first date. For me, that was a criteria of you need to not be someone that's sex shamey. And that's a great way to find out is by banging them immediately. <laughs> 
so talking about shame. So Amy, I'm sure you have a ton of clients who experience some form of shame when they come to you. I'm guessing it's normal. Yeah. I mean, well, I would say we're all abnormal. I would say there is no normal. I mean, you know, people ask me all kinds of things like, you know, how's the size of my cock? And is this normal? And this is the way I masturbate. And is that normal? And these are my fantasies. And is that normal? I mean, the answer is none of it's normal because there's no such thing as normal right? We're all abnormal. We have this picture of what norm is. What in bed Saturday night, nine 30 lights off under the, like no one does that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're all the same, but we're all so different. Like, I love that you just pointed out, Oh, on this clone pussy, my labia is a little bit longer on one side than the other. Right. Like, I mean, we're all the same, but we're all different. We're all kind of lopsided. Right? I mean, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, with women in particular, there's a lot of shame over how we look. You know, like, did my left labia get longer than my right one because I masturbated too much as a kid? You know? God, I hope so. (laughs) I won't have to worry about passing it on to the children I'm not having. (laughs) Just my masturbation habits. But yes, people, people have shame over all kinds of things. And it's the reason... I do what I do is to help us overcome that. And it starts with childhood masturbation, going back to the hairbrushes and the toothbrushes, you know, or like, yeah. you know, putting my, splaying my legs up against the bathtub uh, faucet, filling the bathtub. You know, that was my earliest experience, right? Like, oh. So how does coaching differ from therapy? Therapy is more around, let's dig into what happened to make you this way. Coaching is more like, and particularly somatic sex education and coaching, which is about the body. That word soma is Latin for body. It's less about the story and more about how do you feel in your body right now? So it's about the present. It's about what's happening right now. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, shame and guilt from, you know, I mean, we all learn to masturbate, many of us in the dark, right? So sometimes it's hard for us to have sex with the lights on. Maybe we have body shame. Maybe we're listening for our parents to come in, you know, tiptoe in. And and so we're being really quiet. We're silent. Whereas making noise can be really helpful and is really helpful for sex. Like, you know, that humming sound sometimes you make in the back of your throat, especially if you're oming or something in yoga class, you know, that ohm. You mean where I sound like a broken electric gel? No, wait, that's just when I get blowjobs. I sound a lot like the Walking Dead porn that we watch. <laughs> I, I realized yes. they weren't acting. They were just blowing. So when you activate that, that sort of deep humming in the back of your throat, that's activating the vagus nerve, which is the primary transmitter of feel-good chemicals in your body through your autonomic nervous system. So like, make some noise, people. It's good for you. I feel like that's a good start to a porn. Make some noise, people. Round of applause. <laughs> This is why we like porns with laugh tracks. We want people to feel like like they're right at home. That comes in handy. Yeah. But guilt and shame, it's a horrible thing. Did I tell you about the born-again Christian who I went on one date with who could give a spectacular squirting orgasm but then want to put his clothes back on right after sex because sex made him feel guilty? Aww. I realized later that like, because there was no future there because he's like, if you're an atheist, you can't experience love. And I'm like... I don't want to experience you ever again. But I realized what I should have done was like kept him on the hook and have him keep coming back to like give me those wonderful squirting orgasms, you talented, talented man. And then been like, Jesus saw that. Get the fuck out. Uh, and just keep playing into that thing that men do to women where they make them feel guilty for having sex. Oh, that would have been so much fun. 
Reverse slut shaming. Exactly. I wanted, I should have gotten such revenge on that. But like, I feel kind of bad for that guy because, man, he could be making some girl very happy right now. And instead, he wants to put his clothes on immediately after sex because Jesus sees you. Probably he didn't enjoy it anyway. Poor guy. Is that something that comes up is kind of like our religious issues that keep people repressed? The thing that comes, how does, how do you approach that? Do you go into any of the psychology of it or do you stick with more of the mind-body connection? As a somatic sex educator, I stay in the body. I want them to be out of their heads and in their bodies. So, you know, trying to lay that down, trying to just really feel what is it like to stay in my body and experience pleasure? What does that feel like? And stay there as long as you possibly can. Yeah, it can be challenging. When someone books a session with you, is it one? Is it three? Is it several? Is this something that they're doing for six months to a year indefinitely? Well, that's such a good question. Totally depends on the person. I mean, I, and it also depends on the, on the coach. I do sell one-off sessions. I prefer not to, but I meet people where they are. And I think that people can get a lot of benefit out of even just a one-time session. The expectation that I set is for people to be prepared to see me four to 10 times. You know, it's not like a a chiropractor where they're going to be coming back to me week after week after week. I'm giving them tools. Well, you will never be better if you go to a chiropractor. (laughs) Just a little advertisement there. It's, yeah, chiropractors don't work. That's why you have to keep going. So moving on. You don't feel strongly about that, do you? I did write an article called Chiropractors Are Bullshit. It's on the outline. I got a lot of hate mail for it, and I stand by every fucking word. So go to a physical therapist instead and or a masseuse. Maybe you just need to be touched. All right. So speaking of touching, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Or or a sex educator and coach. Yeah. My goal is to give people the tools they need to live the life they want to lead. You know, I mean... Basically, the philosophy is that our bodies want to turn towards health and wellness like a plant turns towards the sun. And I'm just helping people find the sun, you know? So what are some things that our listeners can do to help find the sun? The phrase that I use is "Mm -mm, better sexy time. So the first M in "Mm -mm, better sexy time is mindfulness. How do you stay, you know, in your body, right? And not in your head. The second M in "Mm -mm, better sexy time is movement move. You can exercise before sex. You want to make sure that your pelvis isn't frozen. You want to stretch. You want to let your body move in any way it can. Movement is a healthy, wonderful, good thing for sex, right? Mm -mm, Better sexy time. The B is for breath and breath can be used to increase arousal and desire and also to decrease it. Really super important for men in particular who are struggling with premature ejaculation, using breath for relaxed savoring. Um, so breath work is something that I teach and something people can work on. There's a gajillion different kinds of breath work. Mm-mm, better sexy time, the S is for sound. And we talked about that a little bit earlier with the vagus nerve and making sound, right? Incorporating sound, again, to help those feel-good chemicals move through your body and improve sex. And then T is for touch. And there are lots of different ways of touching and lots of different places to touch. And I feel like we get really stuck on going right for the genitals, right? Like back up a little bit you know, date me, date my body. And even if I'm solo loving, right? Like, what does it feel like to pinch the inside of my thighs? Does it have to be clit all the time? No. Like move that energy around the body, right? Hmm. I have girlfriends that have said they've gotten off just from having their boobs touched from by their partner alone. I'm like, why don't we do that for ourselves? We do tend to go straight for like the, you know, I've got three minutes, I need to fall asleep before bed. Yeah. Nipplegasms. I've definitely heard uh, one of our previous guests mentioned that after the age of 40, men tend to be more uh, inclined for the nipples. Have you found any chance that to be true amongst any of your clients? 
I mean, in general. That men's nipples become more sensitive after the age of 40? That they enjoy nipple play more? Hmm. I have not noticed that, but now I'll be on the lookout. We need studies, guys, scientists who listen to us. We have a ton of scientists who listen to us. This needs to be research. Get this government funded now. (laughs) Men who are above the age of 40-ish who suddenly have a nipple thing, tell us if you are subject to science and your nipples are suddenly like your nude thing. We need a good population to do this on. So we need at least 500 to 1,000 of you. I'm pretty confident we could get this rolling. Well, they're going to ask us if we're going to be the ones licking their nipples. So unfortunately, I don't feel like if us asking, we want to do a study on the... No, they're... No, we're using our lab assistant, Steve, to do all the stimulation. (laughs) Not the house cat. Not to be confused with the house cat, Steve. (laughs) I mean, if Steve was doing the the nipple licking, that would get very weird. I hear that the cat has a rough tongue. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. You know, some guys are probably into that. It's like sandpaper. There's a thing for everyone. Someone's got to be into their own nipples bleeding and apparently running a marathon isn't the way they want it. (laughs) A friend uh, made a post the other day about sexual well-being and being able to describe sex and using different words to your partner of how you like it. Uh, You know, whether uh, slow, romantic, passionate, quick, rough, things like that. So, of course, I chimed in with, course <laughs> degrading yet satisfying all adjectives <laughs> moderate to lightly humiliating we definitely can't use the word childish oh dear and that one got me canceled slimy yet satisfying so i'm trying to think of questions to ask amy I'm sure like there were things you kind of expected when you went into this. And I'm sure you probably still feel like you're learning all the time. You're coming like because no, uh, no human's ball of wax is the exact same as the next one. Are there things that you're able to talk about uh, without identifying patients, obviously, that have surprised you along the way? The thing that surprised me the most, I would say, is that I really got into this to help women. I don't even like to say women, vulva owners which just makes me sound like some crazy ass, you know, PC person. Hey, we're from the left coast. So we're, we're, (laughs) we're the ones who people expect to say that. (laughs) So I got into it really to help, to help women and wake them up. Like I was woken up, you know, and just be like, you know, you've got to find this magical elixir of life. And what I found is that women who don't have the magical elixir to life, they don't know that it's missing. And so they're not knocking on my door asking me for help. It's the men who are knocking on the door asking for help, partially for their women, right? And partially for themselves. Like men are so much more conditioned to feel that their sex life is an important part of their lives. And women are really conditioned to feel like it's, I don't know, it's a side of green beans or something, you know? Not that exciting. It's sad because we spend so much time being told not to be sexual until we're married and then men get us into that long-term relationship and they're like, why is my, she doesn't, she needs to want sex more. It's like, well, you did spend the first 20-ish years of her life telling her that sex is dirty and not in the fun way. Not, I was going to say not in the fun way. Yeah. I mean. Well, it is if you do it, right? <laughs> but it's sort of contrary to what you would think. Like, aren't women the ones who stop and ask for directions? Men will just like keep driving, you know, like they don't typically, and this is the exact opposite. Yeah. We've been told that's a scary neighborhood and you don't need to know what happens there. (laughs) Don't worry. Someone else will take care of that. A man will take care of that one for you. So what would you say are some common misconceptions that you're always running into? 
I mean, I think the biggest common misconception is that women don't want sex. You know what? I mean, I don't know if you guys are finding this, but a lot of guys think that they have to somehow overcome her defenses. They have to break down the walls to have, you know, somebody give them a blowjob. Like it might be that she just really wants to. Why just break down defenses? Why stop there? Just break her down completely. (laughs) It's just, uh, yeah, I'm kidding. Don't do that. That's the game. Don't listen to that. The guy who started the game is now a uh, a biblical literalist or something. He's gone nutty, like Rush V. He's gone off the wall. He's gone the complete opposite direction, won't let people talk about hooking up on his website. And I don't know what if this is a shtick of his. But yeah, the person who launched that whole thing and is for years was like, yeah, we should legalize rape is now telling people they can only talk about sex in the context of having getting married and having children. Look, I need to see Adam and Eve's marriage license. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think Adam just wanted to bang. Okay. He wanted to get freaky in the garden. What about Lilith? Ah, true. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, But... Oh, man. Adam fucking a girl he made for himself is masturbation level 100. (laughs) I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's a very common misconception that women don't like sex. It's the Madonna whore thing. I mean, we all know that, you know, sex was just created by hospitals to sell more babies. (laughs) Or at least more epidurals. Or C-sections. Yep. It's all a a tool by big huggies. (laughs) But no, you're right. You know, we're kind of told to be these modest, you know, patient little things uh, until we're married. And then when we're married, we don't know what to do with ourselves because we may be inexperienced. We may not have explored. The problem is also, I mean, we review a lot of porn on our show, but yet a lot of porn, especially a lot of mainstream porn or really a lot of clip sites are really geared towards well, for men, uh, they're not really the types of porn that women like to see. And I know that right now there's so much more porn because there's so many more performers creating porn that they want to create. There's definitely a lot more stuff that's now geared towards women and that I personally enjoy so much more than the things I was finding five years ago. Oh, totally. I think that's so important. And that's a revolution, Right. Like the fact that we're seeing porn made by women for women, just as we're now starting to see sex toys made by women for women. Right. Right. I mean, the dildo is not how most women get off. Right. We need some clitoral action. Our primary sex organ is not the vagina. Hello, people. It's the clitoris. I think it's something like most women who have, quote, vaginal orgasms, they're actually still having their clit stimulated. Even a vaginal orgasm in most cases is still a clitoral orgasm. Oh, totally. It's the clitourethrovaginal complex is what it's called. So it's a clitoral orgasm, clitorally. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to hell for that one. I'll I'll pack my bags. I'll see you guys later. I'm pretty sure since episode two or three, we've been telling people to invest in a Hitachi. So there is going to be one in the show notes. So click on it, buy yourself a Hitachi wand. You're welcome. <laughs> you can get them for as cheap as like $45 on Amazon, 45 50 Just go get it. Like if you don't have one, men, 
you should have one because if a woman shows up to your place and you have a Hitachi, she's going to think you're in on the secret to getting a woman off. And you will be. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. It's whenever I've gone to a guy's place and he's had a Hitachi, I've been like, you know, I've definitely kept a guy around for too long because I was like, I thought he understood a little bit more about women because he had a Hitachi. Turned out he just had an ex-wife. Just (laughs) just saying. That's that is my theory, at least. I'm sorry, Dominic, you get no credit. (laughs) So common misconceptions. So uh, what other misconceptions aside from, you know, women may or may not enjoy sex do you tend to run into? Well, I mean, here's a question for you, because I'm not I think it's a misconception, but there are people who might I know there are people who disagree with me. And the misconception from my perspective is that size matters. So I'm going to ask you. Do you think that size matters? If you're a size queen. So here's my theory on size. I don't know where I first heard this, but it is a perfect uh, summary. I think that size doesn't matter that much, that size is not the only thing. It is not the most important thing. You know, the whole, it's not the size of the boat, but it's the motion in the ocean. But it takes a fucking long time to get to England in a rowboat. All right. So, I mean, that being said, I did have sex with someone with a very small, I don't know if it was a micro penis, but it was very small. He knew what he was doing with his tongue. You know, if you have not been granted a, a, you know, an average ish or above size penis, like you can, if you have an average size penis, it's going to do the job. If it's below average, you have other tools. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why boner sites keep promoting this concept of have a 15 inch long cock. No one wants that. No one's asking for it, really. Honestly, that's too much for us because the vaginal canal is only, what, six, seven inches long max between five to seven. It's pretty short. The guy with the longest dick on the planet, like there was a, he's been in a few documentaries. There's this great documentary called Unhung Hero uh, instead of Unsung. uh Anyways, uh, it's about a guy with a small penis going around the world trying to find, quote, cures for a small penis. And it was hilarious documentary. Uh, At one point, he interviews the guy with what's been documented to be the largest dick on the planet. And it's like 13 and a half inches long. He's never gotten all of it into a woman. You know, women are deep in some respects, but a vagina is not one of them. Yeah, no, I don't care how deep you are as an English lit major. You are not that deep down there. Um, (laughs) Not a profound area. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that, you know, there are bodies that fit better together. That said, if hypothetically you are someone who does enjoy a little bit of extra cars in your tunnel. (laughs) Look, sometimes you enjoy a traffic jam. That's all I'm saying. You want to feel like you're the Holland Tunnel for a night. It could be that you have multiple lanes. Some of us, some of us are built for different cars. Some of us are built with a couple car garage in there. Totally. And if you are one of those people who has a small dick, I would say find somebody who loves anal. And there's also the idea of, well, you just don't have to only stick with your dick. There's dildos, there's strap-ons. Right. You don't have to find an extra partner. You could just grab a strap-on. And men kind of don't be ashamed of using a strap-on. If I walked into a guy's bedroom and I saw one, I would say, oh, he's down for fun. Basically. (laughs) 
that sounds like a great time. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of men that are afraid of anything that's a sex toy that will it will either, number one, make them seem a little gay because, oh, my God, that could go in my butt. Emasculated. Yeah, it's it's yes. either gay because, it, because it's a thing that can go in their butt or it emasculates them because they can't get a woman off themselves. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't feel like less of a person because I need a Hitachi to get myself off. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have some skills, no doubt, right? Like, yeah. as you said earlier, you got to know how to use your tongue. You got to know how to use your fingers. But you also really need to be creative with toys. And you don't have to buy toys. You can use a kitchen spatula. You can use a whisk. You can use a hairbrush. I mean, you know. I'm just saying there are whole aisles at Home Depot at your disposal. <laughs> Get creative. Just go to the doorknobs. They're butt plugs. <laughs> I mean, you can't afford a flogger or any sort of a flappy toy. Get a paint stirrer. 37 cents and you got yourself a great time. Oh, so one of our Patreons emailed us of a butt plug that he carved out of lumber. It looked beautiful. I'm Ooh, that sounds a little splintery. I have questions about it being sealed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it is beautiful. I'm also terrified. Okay. So I'll look into it. We'll check how he polished it. I don't know what he did. I'm sure it's highly polished, but I'm also like, I just, I want to know how sealed and how safe this is. Cause like for now I'm like, I will stick with the silicone things. Cause I know those are not going to destroy my lady bits. Fair enough. If you have duct tape around the house, gorilla tape. I'm picturing gorilla taping a wooden egg to put in my butt. Oh no. <laughs> that was the first place my brain went to. And I'm like, this is why I didn't get into the good schools. But you're right, Amy. People don't have to buy toys in order to stimulate themselves. They could just use stuff that's around the house. Yeah, I love that. Be creative. Have fun. And don't be stuck in whatever is whatever your hang-up is, right? Whether it's size or whether it's, you know, something else, the shape of your labia. You know, I mean, oh, there's just so much more out there. Even like for me, I used to be this, okay, this is a little revealing. <laughs> I was reluctant to have oral sex because to receive oral sex because I didn't want the guy looking up and seeing my belly and seeing my double chin. I was totally spectating. You know, I was like outside hovering over myself and I couldn't enjoy it because I was so wrapped up in not looking good enough. Oh. And that's just the kind of bullshit that we have to set down. That happens to a lot of us, though, at least like either before a certain age, before someone sat us down and been like, no, 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 no. Once you're naked, they're in. They're no longer there. You've got they're OK. But I think we're all freaked out by our bodies. Like we all think, oh, if someone sees me at a bad angle once I already had them in bed, I've terrified them off forever. And we don't do that. To, like we know that we don't look at other people that way. And yet we're always terrified that people are looking at us like that. Oh, yeah. I'm laying down and my double chin is really going to kill this mood. <laughs> oh, dear. I know it sounds stupid in the light of day to say it, but it's a real thing. Yeah, no, you're right. People absolutely have their hangups and insecurities about their own bodies. Um, you're right. A lot of people don't leave the lights on during sex because why? <laughs> they don't want to see themselves naked. Yeah, they don't want their partners to see them and all their flaws, supposed yeah. flaws, right? You can imagine up a lot of flaws depending on how bad your childhood was. <laughs> Embrace the light. Embrace the pleasure. Uh, Yvette, do you have any other questions? Here's one. What's the most common uh, misconception that you have from people about your job? Like, do people come to you requesting, shall we say, services that you do not provide? Uh, what are some things you have to clear up sometimes with your clientele? Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's like 
being a sex worker, but not being a sex worker, right? Not that I have anything against sex workers. If that's your thing, fully own it, do it, love it, make money. Hell yes. That's just not what I do. That's just not my job, you know? So yes, having to clear that up is, is huge. And I've gotten so much better at it over the years. I really want people who are ready to like embrace themselves and make a change and are looking to the light. And sometimes people come to me and they're just not quite ready, you know, like, what are you looking for? You know, what is going to bring you pleasure moving forward? If you're not sure, then that's okay too. But like looking into your body instead of looking externally is really kind of the answer there. People often think that I'm going to get naked, which I don't. It's, you know, my clients can be as clothed or as unclothed as they wish. I remain clothed. And that's just for, as a profession, it's the professional thing to do, right? I dress like a yoga teacher. On that note, I'm going to actually mention, so I don't know the name of this specific masturbation coach, but there was a masturbation coach that we apparently ran into that apparently he masturbates along with his clientele. So run. What I'm saying is if you run into him, run. (laughs) Yikes. How does anyone ever think that's a good idea? Yeah. I mean, anytime you're you're working with somebody, there's a power imbalance and a power dynamic there, right? So this is about keeping people safe, which is super important in the work that I do. It's really all about empowering people with voice and choice. And regardless of who you're seeing, whether it's me or somebody else out there, that's the message you want to be hearing. Absolutely. So Amy, where can our listeners find more of you if they're interested in you and or your services? Oh, thanks for asking. Joyful Self Love, www.joyfulselflove.com. Awesome. Thanks, Alice. And we'll definitely link to all those places in the show notes. So of course, we have some amazing patrons to thank this week who helped pay for all the fantastic editing we needed this week. Uh, So this week, we want to thank Kevin Boundy, Stephen Jones, Dale Stringham, Jeff Peterson, Mike Sorbetsko, Joshua Rice, Elisa, Craig Elliott, 404, Brian Gowdy, Ryan Shambly, and many, many more. And if you also want to become a patron, you could just hop over to patreon.com slash two girls one mic or just go to two girls one mic.com where you could find more of Yvette, myself, uh, links to our Twitters, which Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Y'all can find me over at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram and over at Facebook.com slash Cybabe, where I am, as usual, sciencey and snarky. And Alice, where can everyone find us and you? When we are not draining the dragon, making the bald man cry, buffing the wood, <laughs> having a Roy, that's for you Australians down under, uh, freeing the willies, killing the beast, or playing the Pam Anderson polka. <laughs> I guess people could find me at Rational Blonde on Twitter or just all the places, you know, twogirlswithmike.com. Amy, thanks for joining us this week. And guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.